You are listening to the Wrestling Nerd Radio Network. This is the IndyCast starring Zach Romero and Chad Allen. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndyCast. Uh, Chad Allen, Zach Romero, both here. Hello. Uh, we're, we're doing this through cyberspace this time. Um, I'm at the good old uh, the IndyCast World Studios. Uh, Mr. Romero is at the fully gimmicked headquarters right now. Uh, and we have quite the interesting episode today because we are going to talk about last weekend's uh, fully gimmick-sponsored uh, Punk Pro Show, uh, Walk With Us. Uh, walk which, Among uh, Us. Punk Pro Wrestling, Walk, walk Among Us. us. Got to correct well, you right off the bat. I should have had you do the full intro on that one, then. So, <laughs> um, God damn it. So, but yeah, October 7th uh, at the Event Center in Newport Ritchie. Uh, we get we put together uh, Luna and I and a mysterious third booker uh, put together a uh, a show Saturday night and it was a lot of fun I, I really enjoyed it I thought the show went well um, had some last minute changes had some cards subject to changeness to it but uh, but overall I was very happy wrestling yeah exactly I was very pleased and we didn't catch a lot of shit for that which was good uh, I was kind of expecting to catch a little bit but no no everyone was like okay it's fine too. Um, but overall, uh, before we dissect it, I will say I was uh, I was very pleased overall with how it went. Uh, of course, there is some self-analysis. I wish we had had more time to um, advertise it and market it. I think we could have crammed that place to capacity um, if given another shot. But, uh, but overall, very happy with it. I'm currently editing it. I'm editing the footage for it. So uh, the Punk Pro Wrestling YouTube channel should have the matches up here in the near future. And it may also appear in season two of Fully Gimmick Fight Club. Very cool. Yes. So, um, Chad, before we get into the matches, any general thoughts about how the the night went? Anything uh, um, pre-show? Anything along? Anything merch-wise? Anything that stuck out to you that you need to discuss beforehand? Uh, show went. I thought went very well uh, from an audience perspective. Mm. Uh, I was very impressed at because uh, I did get. Uh, called in by uh, uh, one uh, queen of fully gimmicked uh, Luna to uh, help out with the merchandise table uh, before the show uh, so that she had some assistance because obviously you were running around uh, backstage trying to make sure everything was ready to go so uh, Shelly and I were glad to jump in and help a little bit uh, a lot of people uh, very interested in um, got had a few t-shirts sold so a lot of people now uh, out there with the uh, with the punk pro uh, images on their uh, on their chest there, but your uh, the fully gimmick coloring book, a very popular uh, item yesterday. Yeah, so. there was a lot of talk about the fully gimmick coloring book. I'm glad uh, I'm glad that's starting to pick up. Uh, that is just sort of a prototype version. We are going to be hopefully putting together a full blown uh, all ambassadors included edition uh, in the near future. Which I will gladly pick that one up as well. Good. Um, good. Also, a lot of reaction about your uh, your David S. Pumpkins jacket. Uh, that you, <laughs> yeah, that, that one. You were wearing. Uh, the interesting thing about that is uh, Luna and I, uh, the night before, we had run to a store that I've literally never walked into called Rue Twenty One, and they were doing some ridiculous sale, and so they were selling a lot of like old '90s looking outfits, and so I picked up a couple of short sleeve, very obnoxious colored. Uh, button-ups for like $3 a piece, and so I happened to wear one, and that one got a huge reaction from everybody. Uh, it was like my Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell 
uh, shirt that everybody loved. And then when I changed and put on my B-Movie TV shirt and the David S. Pumpkins jacket, that got a big reaction. So I was like, all right, I'm, I know what I'm doing in terms of clothing. That's good. Yeah. Um, the other thing I definitely want to, uh, I want to uh, point out uh, about the evening uh, is the joy that was the adult ecto-cooler uh, drink that good. they had on special. Uh, which was fabulous, and I had three of them, which is usually my limit. So, it's good. Uh, and uh, Shelly even had one as well. Shelly's a much better drinker than I am, but she's usually more of a rum and uh, rum and coke type of girl. Uh, so, but she definitely because she saw the bright green monstrosity that I brought to the table with me was like, well, you're gonna have to get me one of those now so I can try that. So, uh, quite delicious, and the bartender was nice enough to give me the recipe so that I can uh, so that I can recreated at home at some point. Excellent, excellent. Good, good, good. So let's get into the actual card itself. Uh, the opening contest, which was scheduled for one fall, uh, sorry, one force, fall. Of, for, force of Habit, um, was Carlos Gabriel versus Tracer X. Um, yes. Which I had never seen Tracer X live before. I am familiar with Carlos, though. I've seen him on a couple Wednesday night shows. Um, I was actually going into this expecting it to be a lot flippier than it was. Um, because, excuse me, I know Carlos can do that, but this was, um, very, it was very straightforward, very just, uh, no goofing around, uh, straightforward wrestling match that served its purpose. It was supposed to get the crowd, you know, excited, and it certainly did. Um, but, uh, Chad, what did you think about the opener? I uh, definitely enjoyed it. I've only seen Carlos Gabriel once before, um in a match that I don't believe through any fault of his home, uh, of his own, I don't remember being a huge fan of. This one changed my mind on him. Um, Tracer X was excellent. I've, I've heard of Tracer X. I, again, just much like you, I had never actually gotten to see him before. So, um, definitely pleased by that one. Great, kind of like you said. Um, not as flippy as I would have expected, but I, I didn't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my favorite part probably had to be the uh, the nice little chop battle they decided to, to have in the middle of the match there, I thought was uh, was a lot of fun. As both of them were, were definitely trading some pretty heavy duty shots to each other, not quite uh, John Davis level, but <laughs> they, they definitely put their best. Well, um, uh, let me let me give you a little factoid, Chad, and I want to know if if that's something you would have guessed. If I told you that Carlos Gabriel was a student at I Believe in Wrestling and was trained personally by Aaron Epic. Would you find that hard to believe? No. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, especially when he started throwing those chops. I was like, yeah, that's definitely Aaron Epic's kid. Yeah. So, uh, no, great match. Uh, I'm, I'm very, I'd be very interested to see more of them facing each other. And uh, uh, definitely for Carlos Gabriel, because I know he's in the area here. Um, I'd love to see him take on some of the other uh, talent, especially some of the people that were later on in the show. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, some great matches ahead of him uh, with against guys maybe like I would love to see him and Slade Porter, um, uh, him and uh, probably one of my new well one of my new favorites. We'll talk him about him in a little bit, but uh, Saeed Al Sabah um, is another one I'd love to probably see Carlos Gabriel have a match with at some point. Agreed. So uh, second match on the card was our tag team match. Uh, and our only tag team match, I think, of the card. Am I correct? Uh, yes, indeed, it was. Yeah, that was that was the only tag. It was the Coda versus the Dynasty, um, and so those were both local talents. And um, I thought the, the match was fine. Uh, I'm glad we got to include a tag team match on the card. 
Um, the, the only thing I would have done differently, like if I could go back and do it again, is maybe I maybe would have included a, a spot in there to allow the coda to maybe cut a promo or something. Um, because I've seen them before and I really, really like what they do. And I don't know if it was just there because there were kids in the crowd or what, but it just seemed like Coda didn't really get a good opportunity to really showcase everything they can do or, or all their character stuff. Um, they started really good. I loved their, uh, their kind of poking fun at the dynasty's, uh, you know, sports theme and stuff like that. I thought that was fantastic. Um, but I just wish that the crowd, cause I know they're so good. I wish the crowd could have gotten more of their really good character stuff. And I felt like, uh, we just didn't provide them enough opportunity to do so. So that would, if I could go back and do it different, I think I would have given the coda time to cut a promo or something like that. Uh, I have definitely gotten to see the coda before at a Tampa Bay pro show. Uh, and they definitely got a little more time to kind of build the character up and be a little crazier at that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you they were doing that because they scared the living bejesus out of uh, my seven-year-old Cheyenne, who was with me at that show. Good. Um, so that was that was a good thing. And actually, I do believe I told one of the uh, the members of the CODA before the show that they had done that. And he's like, perfect, I'm glad I did that. Thank you for letting me hear that. So they were quite <laughs> I'm pleased. I'm sure you made his night. My seven-year-old. So... But um, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I do wish there was a little more chance for the for the coda to kind of be, um, you know, kind of the the crazy, you know, devil worshippers that they are. Uh, I think that would have been a lot of fun, especially in that punk pro type of type of setup. Um, I thought the match was the match was fine though. Um, there's a lot of great talent. In yeah, there. I was just about to say, so, I don't know if you can get a better. Um, group of potential talent than uh, Brandon Law and um, Richie Pepperfield. Like, those guys are super talented for being so young. And uh, I absolutely think that they got plenty of potential. Yeah. Um, Dynasty won that match with um, a a bit of a weird submission. It was almost like, I think at one point I called it a a figure four cloverleaf. Oh yeah, okay, I can Um, see that. I might steal that when I'm doing commentary because of the way he locked it um so that was uh and that was uh, Brandon Law is the one that that um came up with that very odd looking move uh but it worked because they got the submission win for it and then uh, immediately got jumped that, by uh by Aaron Epic and Billy Brash yes uh Billy Brash who I gotta say was probably on this card one of the two or three people that I I wasn't immediately familiar with that mm-hmm. I would like to know a lot more about. Right. Yeah, no. Um, it, he is super intense. And, uh... Yes. So they cut Epic and, and he uh, cut a promo and he seems to be included in Epic's uh, Punk Pro Stable now. And, um... And then we got to see Billy Brash versus local favorite Stephen Frick. And, uh, no exaggeration, I swear to you, Stephen Frick gets better every time I see him wrestle. And I've seen him wrestle yeah. quite a few times, and he gets better every single time. No, he was really good, and this was a great match. Um, the two of them seemed to kind of, uh, you know, gel pretty well with each other there, so I thought that was... Um, but Brash, like I said, Billy Brash came out looking like a total badass by the end of it all. Mm-hmm. He was, like, I said, like you said, intense is a great term for, for Billy Brash. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and I love that the local crowd was super behind uh, Mr. Frick. Um, as well they should. He's busting his hump for them basically every week. 
Um, right. But overall, yeah, I was very happy with the transition between one match to another. I thought everything was working out pretty smoothly. Um, and I liked that we got to see Brash so early in the card because, like, I, I agree with you, Chad. I was somewhat unfamiliar with Billy's work, so getting to see him so early on, it was like, okay, this isn't going to just be like, hey, we got a lot of good local young talent. This was like, oh, no, the out-of-towners are here, and they're going to fuck some shit up. Like, that, I thought, was a perfect placement for that match. Definitely. And so then after that, we went to... Um, the the Zach Romero uh, pinball machine classic, known as the get your, the inaugural get your shit in title match, which I I will I will say not to try to you know put myself over too much, but the beginnings of that match with the introductions was a personal favorite moment of mine. Yeah. Oh, um, definitely, and like I said, um. Uh, Saeed El Sabah coming out first and then trying to, you know... Trying his best to cut a promo and keep getting interrupted by theme music. Right. Um, and then, like I said, and, uh, the the list of talent in this match was pretty impressive. Uh, Sa- like I said, Saeed El Sabah, Matt Kenway, Malachi Matthews, uh, Slade Porter, uh, Hunter Law, and the... A very interesting um, addition to this match because she was originally set for something else that didn't go through, but uh, Aspen Rose making uh, her appearance in this match I thought was uh, was a very interesting twist. Now that was definitely a uh, a silver lining moment because, and again, this is going to be a shoot here because I, I was partially responsible for booking this show. Um, originally we were going to have a um, a, a, a I guess intergender would be the word tag team match uh, where Jamie uh, the punk rock death squad of Jamie Senegal and Chubby Daddy were going to wrestle Aspen Rose and Jinx and so it was going to be a guys versus girls sort of matchup I was 100% involved in booking that I was involved in getting that car together because Jamie uh, Chubby Daddy and Jinx are all from up north. They're all around the Philadelphia area. And so I was the one who brainstormed that tag match and put it together. And due to some poor character choices, the driver who was supposed to drive those three little angel babies down here flaked at the last minute. And so they were without a ride. And we couldn't get something figured out in such a short time span. And so that match ended up getting dropped hashtag card subject to change and so we ended up having to find a new spot for Aspen because we absolutely wanted her on the show and so then she got put into the get your shit in match which I ended up loving because it immediately gave a new angle to what that division could be because basically you know, we haven't given a lot of details or hammered out a lot of hard rules on the get your shit in division. There's not really a weight class, although everyone in the match, I would say, was would be between you know mid to to cruiserweight level. Um, right. But we haven't said anything for sure. We haven't said we well, have to do this or you have to be like this. It's just you have to get your shit in. That's the whole per- point of it. And so, Aspen being a part of that immediately kind of made this world building of. Wow! Literally anybody could be in this, 
And I thought she did great. I thought she was like kind of a star attraction of that match. I thought a lot of people were pleasantly surprised. and and uh, But I can't say that she was the absolute 100% star of that match. Because I have to give that to uh, Mr. Matt Kenway and Saeed Al-Sabah. Who had a lot of people talking. Mainly because Saeed accidentally murdered a table. And, yeah, oh god uh, yeah he did. And... Uh, and I heard that was like an extra special moment because I heard that the uh, fans that were sitting at that table that uh, got murdered, that those fans were particularly obnoxious. And so having their beer get spilled all over the place, I heard was a personal victory for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, they, they were a little obnoxious, but I guess they, they were trying to keep it fun for the most part. They weren't being too disrespectful or anything, at least from what I could see. Um, take my advice, I've, I've dealt with a lot more supremely obnoxious fans here in the state of Florida um, that those guys didn't didn't bother me all that much uh, yeah I definitely am sure they had a few drinks in them and the like but um, uh, yeah Matt, Matt Kenway is um, there, like I said there's probably three or four people in here that are definitely like I can see these people becoming stars yep. Matt Kenway is definitely one of them um, Saeed Al-Sabah is definitely one of them Hunter Law is talented as all get out um there to hunter law is another one that i would actually love to see given more of an opportunity to um just be on his own individually in, an, in a in a singles match mm-hmm. and uh, given some mic time because again i've seen him at other in other company shows uh where he is basically the top heel of that company and is amazingly good at what he does so excellent now as a, as someone sitting in the crowd watching, what was your thoughts on the uh, the get you, the first ever get your shit in title match? Oh, it was a freaking car wreck! It was amazing. It was it was exactly what I was hoping for, and uh, I, I do love the uh, the mega super kick that Saeed Al Sabah got at the beginning of the match with all of five of the other people uh, definitely getting a shot in on him. Uh, Aspen Rose went on a like. Steve Austin stunner bender <laughs> where she was just stunnering the hell out of everybody um, no it was exactly what you know when you hear what this match is and what's going on and you know it's just going to be a big scramble what you're going into expect is if you're looking for like wrist locks and chain wrestling you're in the wrong friggin place but if you're looking for like you know bodies hitting the floor that's exactly what this match brought. It was worth every second of it. Excellent. So. Glad that went over so well. I thought the crowd really reacted to it well, which was wonderful. Um, I was very happy with how that match went out, and that is definitely my yeah. kind of match. So I was uh, I was very happy with that. And, um, and the first thing uh, that my father asked me at intermission was, is Saeed Al-Sabah dead? Because that guy took some hellacious bumps in that match. And, yes. Uh, yes, he did. And so that was the first question out of my dad's mouth. Not, hey, you doing okay? Can I get you anything? It was, is Saeed okay? And I was like, yes, dad, he's fine. Thanks thanks for checking in on him, dad. Yeah, I appreciate it. So uh, then we went to intermission, which was fine. Uh, nothing too crazy there. Um, and when we came back, then it was basically hell on earth. Because we got, for the first time ever... In any company, anywhere, we got John Davis versus Trip Cassidy. Yes. And I thought that that match absolutely delivered on all fronts. That match is 100%, without a doubt, uh, the match of the evening. 
if you were not in the arena for that for the show um when it either gets up on youtube or when you know if a dvd is released or something like that where you can see this match you need to go out and find it yesterday really you should have been there in person (laughs) shame on you if you weren't i appreciate that um because right after that match got done, if, if you follow my personal um, Twitter account, uh, uh, at IndieCast Maximus, by the way, if you want to follow me, follow me. Uh, I believe uh, the only thing I could put was I tagged Punk Pro, I put, you know, John Davis versus Trip Cassidy, and then the only thing I could put was, holy shit. <laughs> um, because they, the two, well, I mean, I would say they beat the shit out of each other, but really, let's be honest, John Davis beat the living shit out of Trip Cassidy. Trip what? Cassidy fought back. Yeah, like Trip stayed on his feet though. Like he, st- he, you know, he walked out on his own will. So, but uh, and that was by the grace of whatever deity he may worship. Yeah. Well, um, it was John know. Davis just a, a runaway freight train that night. It was almost scary at points. It like just. His com- consistent, ongoing, vicious attack through that entire match. Well, here's the thing: is uh, you know, I enjoy having John on our shows, any show that we're a part of, because a, he's a wealth of knowledge. B, you know, he's got a great mind for wrestling. So any questions that anybody has, he always has a good answer for. But C, just getting people just. To, Introducing him to crowds is like the greatest gift I can give. Like every, because uh, he was on the brawl show that we helped book. He was on this. Like we've just been on these shows with him, and every time people are just stunned. Um, and and that just comes down to talent. He is that good. Now what? Yeah. Now you got to be in the crowd. I unfortunately missed this moment. I was actually running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Walk me through the moment when John Davis unzips his hoodie halfway through the match and he reveals that he's wearing a t-shirt that says Zach Romero's dad's favorite wrestler. Um, uh, have you ever heard the term pop of the night? Yes, yes I have. The, play, the place went crazy. Um, obviously, it will come as no surprise that we had a little contingency of, uh, I, I guess, the... I guess we could call our section the, the Friends of Romero. Right. I, um, that's, that's safe. With, with guys like, you know, myself and Shelly was there and, and you know, uh, indie cast artist and uh, fully gimmicked artist Buckshot uh, was there and friend of the indie cast Gary Lugosi was there. Um, I, I am fortunate enough to say that, that I had gotten a little teaser of what was going to be happening thanks to our, you know, the obviously the show. Uh, I heard about a backstage scuttlebutt that this might be a thing, uh, but nobody else knew about it. You were it, scoping the dirt sheets. To keep quiet about it. And, yeah, the place... The, actually, the person that went the craziest, unsurprisingly, was your father. <laughs> <laughs> As if your dad wasn't cheering loudly enough for John Davis before this moment, well, then it went into overdrive right after that. So. Well, uh... Uh, to give you a little insight, when the match uh, was first starting and I and I announced John coming down to the ring, when he stepped in the ring, I held the mic away and I said, by the way, my dad's at the bar, because I knew he had the shirt on, so in case he wanted right. to sort of like 
you know, showcase out there that that's where he was. And not two seconds after I say my dad's at the bar, you hear my father go, JD! And John yeah. Davis goes, yeah, I know I heard him. Like, that, like <laughs> my father was very excited for John Davis to be wrestling. Uh, yeah. I, and I told you that night, you know, when I told my parents, oh, hey, we're going to be putting the show on. It's going to be on a Saturday night, which they're both free. It's going to be at the event center, which is very convenient for them. You know, couldn't have made this more convenient for them. They were like, oh, that's nice. And then a week later, I said, oh, by the way, we booked John Davis. They went, what time is the show? Like, that literally, that is how much of a fan of John Davis my dad is. So, uh, my favorite part, probably, after the, the match was finally done, um, and this will come as no surprise to you, uh, and, and I think I'd even made a joke about this when I asked about, before the show, when I asked about the booking of it, I believe I said something to the extent of, well, if you want to make sure your dad stays for most of the show, you better book John, John late. Because uh, if you book him early, he's going to be the hell out of there. And damned if the second that match didn't get done, I saw your father fly out the door, mostly because he was trying to go get the pic- go get a picture with him. Yeah, well, let's not let's uh, not paint my dad as Supermark here. John Davis requested that the photo be taken, so Luna yeah. came and got my father, and then they took their picture. Hey, quite honestly, if your dad supermarked over that, he had every right to supermark over that because his favorite wrestler was wearing basically wearing his T-shirt. So, right, true. I mean. I promise you, I, I can't. I can remember how much of a supermark I was when, you know, when Jason Cade, when he was ACW Tag Champ for a while there, came out in the Indycast T-shirt True. to one of their shows, true. and I was supermarked for that too. So it's you know, very true. I don't blame him for it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was. I I agree that could be definite contender for match of the night, and then. You know what the hardest part about that match was, though? This is the one thing I do want to say about this match. Because it was John Davis and it was Trip Cassidy, I think you, you might have actually lost some audience reaction, part just off of shock because of the, just the brutality of it, but part because I questioned the audience didn't really know who the hell to cheer for. True. Um, because, because the audience is so behind both of them that it was like, um, what do we do? And it's like, so, like, when John Davis comes out and I'm cheering for John, and then when Tripp comes out and I'm, you know, chanting the 666 chant, I feel like I'm, like, uh, like I'm cheating on both of them. It was really odd. <laughs> we like to challenge audiences. That's what we're here for. Yeah. So, but excellent match. Great, excellent. great match. And, and uh, I do know that the Punk Pro Twitter account was definitely teasing a possible rematch, uh, and I would like to state for the record that whenever that happens, please make sure it happens again in Florida. I'm all for it. I will be there. <laughs> Uh, with bells on. Good, good. Well, I was just going to say... The show would be around Christmas, so I'll be there with actual bells. Oh, good. Uh, I think the crowd reaction alone has sort of dictated that I think John Davis is going to find a home in Punk Pro. Oh, God, yeah. Um, And I think in his own way, he, he, you know, represents Punk Pro. I really think he does. Like, he is genuinely tough and he does his own thing when he wants to and uh, you know doesn't necessarily bow to authority so yeah I think he's pretty much punk rock as fuck hashtag John Davis punk rock as fuck um, why is that why is that not on a shirt yeah, it might be so um, so that was that which again contender for uh, match of the evening and then we shifted gears and we had uh, local and international superstar Joey Osborne fight uh, nutrition specialist and top tier talent Drew Adler and uh, 
they had a they had a, an interesting balance of a match. They had some good comedy spots, which I really liked. They had some uh, intense, just straightforward wrestling, which I know a lot of people in the crowd reacted to. So that was a nice little sort of change of pace, so that we didn't just go like you know atomic bomb after atomic bomb after atomic bomb. Um, right. What did you think of uh, of uh, Drew Adler and his uh, nutritionist gimmick? Um. Mm, uh, I mean, it was all right. It's I, I guess I, I've seen it. I hate to say I've seen it before, but I kind of have. Uh, I was I was questioning if maybe he had uh, bought out what Simon Dean had left of his uh, <laughs> of his stash before uh, before retiring. Potentially, uh, or if maybe, or if maybe I could uh, if I could pick up some blow away diet off of him. True, that would have been that would have been excellent as well. Um, I didn't. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was bad. But it's. It, um, it, he was. A, he was a good talent. He just. Did, it didn't blow me away, though. I was. Um, uh, he. He name dropped Ecto Cooler in his heel promo, so it immediately won me over. So I was actually pretty on board. Well, he, he didn't have a choice because what he had in his in his shaker bottle definitely looked like the Ecto-Cooler. adult Ecto Cooler they're selling at the bar. Very true. So. Um, but overall, I thought the match was fine. What about you? Yeah. Um, a good match, but um, I, I guess it's it's um, it, the match was was like a marshmallow. It was good, it was fun, uh, but I, I don't know if it's anything that I would be talking about, you know, after we get done with the show. <laughs> but but on the other hand, though, after you have a war like John Davis and Trip Cassidy, you kind of need that. Oh, hundred percent. No, no, no. I don't. I don't disagree with its placement or or its or its necessity on the show. Um, but but with a show that ultimately uh, had one, two, three, like out of the you know six or seven matches, that four of them were like go buy this DVD yesterday type of scenario. <laughs> you're you're going to have one that's going to kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit. So that one, and that's ultimately what probably will, will this one kind of is. Understood. And then finally, our main event for the uh, Punk Pro Wrestling fully gimmick title. Uh, Anthony Henry tried to take the belt off of one death-proof Aaron Epic with the Midnight Mermaid and new monster Billy Brash in his corner. So I, I, I'm going to be 100% honest with this match. This is a shoot? shoot. This is definitely a shoot. Um, I have seen Anthony Henry before at other okay. shows. Uh, originally, Anthony Henry, and it's not that he's not talented... It just never really done much for me. He wasn't my cup of tea until that match. Really? He he really impressed me in that match. Previous to that, I, I won't lie, it wasn't my... Like I said, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's the storyline he was booked in. Maybe it's the company he was at. And I won't mention the company name. I won't be mean. Um, but previous to this, I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, he's already he's talented... But he blew me. He blew me away at uh, at this match. Really impressed me a lot in this match. And even though he didn't win, um, it definitely makes me want to almost you know. It's not like I've ever bad mouthed him or booed him or anything. But now I feel like I need to apologize to Anthony Henry for right. not being all that excited about him previously. Because this match, like I said, he he was really good in this match. And I mean, and Epic's always amazing. So I I expect nothing less from Aaron. But yeah, great match. Let me ask you this. What was your reaction when the second, the first replacement ref 
the one who looks like he might be 16 years old, right, took a running knee right to the mush. Uh, gales of hilarious laughter. No, that looked horrifying. Like, that rearranged right. some facial features. Like, I was so stunned. I even yelled, like, that that was child abuse. Like, good lord almighty. That was a hard strike that kid took right, right on the chin. Is it wrong that that was what made me laugh harder about it? Is, uh, I, feel I, like that's, I feel like that's a reflection of you and children in general now. I feel like... Yeah, well... I like my kids. Everybody else's kids can go straight to hell, though. Good to know. So, Why is that not on a shirt? But, um, yeah, well, just let me know. I'll, I'll wear it. Um, no, actually, the one, that, the one that always makes me the saddest is when, when uh, Super Ref Frankie Gastineau gets hit. I'm like, I feel like I turn into Luna and her mom there. It's like, <laughs> you you leave my baby alone. He is a sweet angel baby who must be protected, so yes. That's right. But, but, uh, by the way, what was the other thing? What match was it in? Uh, I want to say it was in the Get Your Shit In, and, and um, the, the people that were in the front row that had the table get destroyed Yeah. Uh, apparently said something to Frankie that definitely did not make Frankie happy, uh, and Frankie definitely snuck a, snuck a bird out at him at one point. I thought that's I, what that was. That's why he's punk rock as fuck. Yeah, he, he, right at the back of his head, he was itching his head with a big, big old middle finger flapping right to him. Uh, and I about lost it. <laughs> As, uh, Frankie was giving him the what for. Good. Because Frankie's amazing. Yeah, so. Frankie doesn't give a shit. No. So, uh, Epic kept the title, by the by. I do believe, unsurprisingly, uh, uh, hitting a pile driver. Because um, that's what Aaron Epic does. He pile drive. Check your neck. He's going to pile drive you through the map. True. Um, and uh, I did so to keep the, to uh, hold on to the title for now. But, you know. Well, and I even put this on. I even put this on Twitter that you know all of the. If you go back and and look at the previous shows, all of the 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 fully gimmick title defenses have been fantastic. Yeah, Um, yeah. However, even just based on the on the first match that it ever had, I think the get your shit in belt might become my favorite. Just from well, the possibilities. Like the, you like the train. You like the train rack. You always yeah. Have. I always like the gimmicky stuff. So, just the potential of that. Like, I imagine in like my wildest booking dreams of like, you know, having, you know, Chip Days fighting for it and Evangelisticos and uh, Anthony Lee's and 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 maybe even Jamie Senegal's. Just like the amount of people I would love Ophidian to fight for it. Like, there's so many people that I want them to get their shit in in one match. And uh, so that that very easily could become a favorite title of mine, depending on where it goes. We'll see how it gets booked, and and what kind of match gets set up in, for the next show. But uh, but yeah, we'll see. And uh, like I said, overall, I was super thrilled with the show. I thought we did a good job. I thought it went well. I thought everybody had a good time. And uh, hopefully, we'll have it uh, happen again soon. I'm saying I'm thinking a Christmas show. I think that would be good. Okay. Okay. I'll uh, I'll come dressed as Santa Claus. That's good. That's good. I'll say technically you've already done it once before for a wrestling uh, promotion. True. Um, and hopefully it won't be like uh, ECW and they won't just boo the shit out of you for no reason. I was just I was just thinking that actually I was just thinking that uh, <laughs> my, my, I don't know, my bigger concern would be which would be a being booed out of the building 
or B, getting beaten up by, like, somebody like Billy Brash or, or John Davis because, you know, like, nine one one beating the crap out of True. Santa in the ECW arena. True. Uh, I don't want that to be a thing. So. Right. Um, but, yeah, overall, no, I thought the show went wonderfully, and I'm super, super thankful to everybody who came out and supported it. And, uh, and like I said, hopefully we'll get it online here shortly, and everybody will be able to view it. And uh, we'd love feedback on it. And uh, and I, I believe we've got uh, resident uh, Sue Young specialist Dave Boy is working on uh, some gifts. So we're gonna see. Uh, we're, we're hopefully you're, everyone's gonna get an, an ass full of this show here in the near future. Bing bong. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that might be the tagline for the next show. Speaking of taglines, I was talking to my. I was uh, texting Mama Romero today about the show and asking her two cents on it. Um, because mom and dad are a little hard to, to impress. They like the older school stuff, hence why dad is on this like one-man armchair booking crusade of if the NWA was still in its heyday, John Davis would have been the champion forever. He would have been the black Magnum TA or, or, or whatnot. But um, um, but I asked mom, I asked Mama Romero about it, and she said, quote, it was the best talent we have seen at a show thus far. Very nice. So I think that's pretty high praise because she's hard to impress. So overall, like well, I said, I'm super thrilled with how the show went. Uh, Chad, a thousand thank yous for not only helping with merch but also supporting it and promoting it online and just being the man. And so, um, like I said, everyone's going to get an ass full of this show here in the near future. That's the easy stuff. You're the one that had to deal with the all the booking and talent oh, wrangling. God. Heartbreak and, and then... Crap. Yelling at the beginning, and because the microphone was having problems, it was nuts. But it's a punk pro show, so it's usually me yelling at some point. But um, so, I, but I do love the fact that when the mic did go out, you were like, like uh, some other announcers would have been like, "Oh my god, what do I do?" And you're like, "Fuck it, don't need the mic," and just turn you know, <laughs> turn it right to yelling. That's the well. Way to, to, to be so. fair, the first punk pro show that ever was WrestleMania weekend this year, uh, there was no PA system, so I had to I had to just scream the whole thing. Um, so, so yeah, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But yeah. uh, let me see. Are there any plugs that we didn't make here? Um, oh, of course. I almost forgot. We have a new ambassador at Fully Gimmicked. One uh, Izzy the super fan, uh, basically the most over fan in, uh, in wrestling history, other than uh, uh, yeah. sign guy or, or maybe hat guy back in the old ECW arena. But... Uh, yeah, we are officially making Izzy's shirts. So, if you want an Izzy Mania or an Izzy World Order shirt, uh, one of which has art by the amazingly talented Buckshot, then uh, do yourself a favor. Go to fullygimmick.com. We've got that up and running. And we may also be posting the one of my fav- most favorite designs we've done so far, the Pro Wrestling uh, Lovers Club that uh, Chad was so wonderfully modeling. Uh, on social media, the uh, the wrestling slash Stephen King's It mashup shirt that we've put together um, that may be going on the website soon. I don't know. We might be uh, we might be sneaky little shits about it and might just keep it reserved just for shows for now. But uh, thanks to Jinx for for brainstorming that idea and uh, and then we put it together. So uh, that one keep an eye out for. But in the meantime, go to fullygaming.com to grab yourself some Izzy shirts. Because they look badass as fuck, and uh, I'm super happy with those as well. 
And hopefully we can uh, try to get Izzy on the show sometime to talk about that because we definitely would love to have her on. I figure we'll just um, we'll just park a dump truck full of T-shirts at her door and hopefully that'll just nice. you know. Uh, uh, the other thing I do believe we are contractually obligated for the remainder of this year, uh, but not that I mind hyping it anyway. Uh, PhilSingerGames.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, go see what what they've got going on. Um, I know they're they're starting to add a lot of. Uh, a lot of our buddies are getting cards now. So. Yeah, Samantha Heist just got yeah, announced as a, as a new Shimmer card. There's been all kinds of talent that they've been uh, announcing lately. So if you're new to the game, go to philsingergames.com. Uh, It'll show you a whole how-to. They even have like a starter set that you can pick up. It's super fun to play, super easy to pick up. And if you are a fan of Philsinger Games, then if you go to fullygaming.com, you can also find our exclusive set of Philsinger uh, t-shirts that you can pick up. Uh, including Go pick up the old school blue wolf shirt, including the, the old school really blue wolf shirt. Um, so that is also available out there. And so I think that's all the plugs that we've got for now. Um, so Chad, anything else that uh, you have on the docket here? Uh, no, don't think so. I think that about covers it for me this week. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the IndieCast After Dark. On behalf of the lady folk who accompany us, I am, of course, the sexually aggressive koala. And I am Coculus Maximus. And until next time, everybody, we always say... Deuces! Deuces.